Hi guys, thanks for tuning in to episode of the Gigan Times. On this episode, we have an awesome guest, and we have the guest, the Big D, and the Kids Table in the House, who are a ska punk band formed in October 1995 in Boston, Massachusetts. Um, their members have been around a very long time, and they've just released some new music and a new album. Um, and yeah, thanks for coming on the podcast, guys. Welcome. Ah, it's my pleasure. It's awesome. It's awesome. What time is it there? It's 6 a.m. Australian time. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for being up early. It's all right, mate. Looking forward to it. Nice. Uh, it's, um, three. it's three here. In the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Okay, right, cool. Um, how's it all been going since the pandemic's hit? How's, yeah, how's life affected you personally and professionally? Well, um, I guess, you know, compared to many, I'm quite lucky. Um, never got COVID, knock, knock, and don't really know anybody too close who like i know a couple people who've gotten it but no like horror um so other than knowing that some terrible things have happened to other people in my run uh, everything's been going okay and you know i kind of i kind of for some of us the lockdown was was awesome like for, for some artists it was it was super nice to kind of shut the world off and regroup especially in America these days. Yeah, 100%. All right, let's just jump straight into it. Tell me about Big D and the Kids Tables journey. How, like, how it all began. It's kind of, it's kind of, I mean, it's silly for me to say, but it's, it's quite wonderful because, you know, I always kind of grew up um, with different mentalities um, that are that are pretty outdated maybe these days. Um, meaning like, you know, in the heavy metal, the eighties metal scene, you know, some it was very like F F popularity and selling out and all that stuff. And then I went to grunge and you know, rap and hip hop had a lot to do with that and some Scott, you know, Scott at the time. And so what I'm getting at is, you know, Big D never did that thing that's like we're gonna start a band and go to LA or New York and make it big. Like it really is just always just been about making music with our buddies and having a good time and see where it takes us. So where it's taken us has been a wild ride. Um, you know, none of the none of the people in Big D should have ever been able to afford the amount of culture we've seen. You know, we've traveled the world, we've done tours in deep in China and Southeast Asia and you know, I, I, I've been to Australia twice now, but, you know, people like us, we we wouldn't be able to do those things. We wouldn't be able to afford those luxuries. Um, you know, you can't, you can't really take time off at work and pay rent and go gallivant around the world unless you're extremely fortunate. And so um, Big D has just been this amazing experience of actually getting music out and heard by people and seeing the world. And it's just kind of a perfect story for us all involved. Incredible. Where's been your favorite place? I guess you've traveled the world to. Well, I have a cop out answer, but then I'll answer it uh, real. But my cop out, my cop out answer is real <laughs> and it's <laughs> wherever I haven't been before. You know what I mean? Like if we're going somewhere, we've never been it's a huge deal it's just it's just like you know butterflies and you're just like oh my god oh my god i can't believe we're about to to do this um so i mean i think i think the craziest place 
the most jaw-dropping, like one thing after another of, of just like spec, you know, specular things, spectacular and specular things would be China. I mean, I mean, China, I mean, the Terracotta Warriors, the Forbidden City, the Great Wall. I mean, there was this one time we saw this sneaker shop or something. No, no, we saw this. Sorry. I meant to say we saw this old kind of like museum looking things. We went in there to kind of get some culture and check it out. But it was a sneaker shop. Like the, some of the architecture is so old that they have so much of it that it, it's not important. Do you know what I mean? Like you can still yeah. just. Yeah. So, I mean. China and Southeast Asia was um, was mind blowing. It was just you know, I mean, Southeast Asia, you know, people would show up with 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 their kids like dressed to the nines, like these these teeny little like babies and toddlers, but they all look they're all dressed better than any of us or any you know what I mean. <laughs> so those experiences were pretty uh, pretty outstanding. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, talk to me about the new music and the album you've just released, and what's inspired it, and what's yeah, what's what's the catalyst behind it? Well, do your art um, is a really fun record. It's got twenty tracks. Um, we're a punk ska band, so when it first came to the ska stuff, you know, we just we do what Big D does, and our ska is very like fast and um, gritty, and uh, and so that's just a normal. A normal big D just rolling their sleeves up and writing some ska songs, but then when it came to the punk song, the punk element of the band, I kind of had a backup because, you know, it we've done a lot of songs, you know, um, trying to convey a message, you know, um, but these days it's it's starting punk punk messages are almost coming off like Facebook arguments or online arguments, meaning like saying what saying what you believe in with with the power. So it's like, I didn't want to write any sort of topical thing that had to do anything with the last four or five years, because one, you don't want to write about things that's terrible things that are going on, and then those things end, and then you go on tour and you, you carry them with you. You know what I mean? Like, if we had a shit president and he's gone now, I don't want to write songs about him because I don't want him in my life anymore. You know what I mean? Um, and so, you know, so when it came to the punk songs, we didn't want anything to do with certain things and we didn't want to just sound sound like a Facebook argument. So I, but we still like playing the, the, the music, you know? So I kind of went back to like punk, like the Dead Milkmen and the Groovy Ghoulies and even like the Ramones where you can still have, a, you can still have a fun song, but that's punk, but you, you don't have to put your finger in, 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 uh, have it be about politics this round and you know fans been around for so long that i've said my piece in a lot of political if you want to humanitarian topics and you know if you say it once you don't have to say it like this is that song version two you know what i mean like i eloquently said it the first time so you know so i think when it came to the punk stuff we just wanted to make sure that you know, our listeners didn't have to turn on an argument. They could at least enjoy punk without going, yeah, I know the world sucks. I can't listen to it again. So um, so, th so that's kind of like where we came from. And, th and then the album title, Do Your Art, comes from, you know, being around other musicians and slowly realizing, like, a lot of the mus musicians that you're around are kind of from fortunate families and connected families like they might know someone in the industry or 
their parents make a lot of money between their jobs. And so you start to kind of realize that like, oh, you know, the deck is stacked. I get it. I get it. And then I see back home in around the world, really talented musicians and artists like hang up their suits and hang up their paintbrushes and hang up their guitars because they think they're not good enough, you know, as artists. And you start to go like, no, 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 no. You're, you are good enough. It's just that the deck is stacked. It's people are born on third base and, and they're going to get it before you. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, fortunate, connected people being artists. I'm not saying that, but I'm just trying to say to all the less fortunate who think they're not good enough. And that's why the world didn't accept them in their art. You, you know, you just, you just try to tell them that's not how it is. Keep doing your art. It doesn't matter if the world is applauding you for it. It doesn't matter how old you are. It's a magic mutant X-Men power inside you and you can't hang up your suit, you know? Oh, that's incredible. That's really incredible. Thanks. Um, yeah, it's just it's just so disappointing. You get these guitar players and illustrators that are just geniuses. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Where did the name Big D and the Kids Table come from? How did that originate? Oh, <laughs> so... I had a really good friend, one of my best friends in high school, tell me right before I went to college, he goes, Dave, he's just a funny guy, Connor Donnelly. And he's like, next time you have a band, you know, he knew I was leaving high school and he said, call it Big D in the kids table. And I was like, okay. And he's like, no, promise. And I'm like, I, I promise. And he got it from uh, an AT&T commercial. Like it was like, he just thought it was funny. It was like, you can call Glinda in Alabama for two cents a minute, or you can call Big D in the kids' table. And, you know, it, it, it was just this random thing. Wow. And so when Big D started, I, I said to the guys, I was like, hey, my friend said um, if I start another band, if I could call it Big D in the kids' table, is that cool with you guys? And, like, nobody in the band cared because, you know, we were just, you know, having fun, just, you know, kicking it around. And, uh, and so we decided to call the band Big D in the Kids Table. And then 25 years later, we're Big D in the Kids Table. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's amazing. It is amazing the journey you've had. And, like, obviously, yeah. you're long. What, what has given longevity, too? What, what's, what's, what's made it what's, work? Yeah, what's been, what's given Big D the longevity to obviously, you know, it's a long time, 1995 to what, 2021 now, and early 2022. That's a long time to keep the, momentum and the energy of the band going yeah it's true i would say um two things have kept the band going one is at every crossroads of my life you know you you know different every seven years they say you know you could kind of come across a crossroads the path to big d has always been the kindest nicest choice there's never been a choice to go a different way that's just filled with all the kindness you know what i mean like the world is pretty mean to everybody and the big d fans and the big d shows and the big d listeners and it's just always been the the, the path of a better better life experience and at the same time you know like i said before big d's never wanted to you know big d's way bigger than we ever wanted to be or thought to be you know we just wanted to play a show in a club really you know we just wanted to kind of play a little bit um and so by not being disappointed or having like not wanting to be like the number one american entertainer or the number one global entertainer you know we, we've never been disappointed you know what i mean like 
we've never we've never had goals i think maybe some bands try to set for themselves and are like we didn't make the goal you know what i mean so just by being simple musicians who want to write songs and if people want to hear those songs they'll let us know and we'll we'll try and go there and do it you know so it's just been a a nice path like you know yeah i think that's it (laughs) what's um what's been some of the fondest memories that you can recall um and yeah what are some of the best experiences you've had with fans in the past yeah i i think every single time i think there's something about going to a different country um you know going to england going to london right because you know london has such a music history you know and playing like a show in london and and having people that you know let's let me get like really dumb american on this one like you watch all these like cool english movies from guy Ritchie, right so you're like england's so awesome london's so cool right and then you go there and you think you know that they're going to be like the popular girl in high school and you're going to be the freshman and there won't be any conversation but then suddenly like people will start talking to you and you're like wow you know can't believe these people are talking to me and in liking the band you know what i mean so whenever you go to a different country and people you know know what artistically what you've been doing is it's it's just mind-blowing um but one of the weirdest things one of the luckiest things i ever did was got got married and then my wife and i went to the Isle of Skye in um, Scotland. It's in Northern Northern Ireland. And it was really hard to get there. We were pretty tired and we got to this pub and she said, I'm going to use the washroom. I'll be right back. I said, all right, and I'll I'll get us some pints. We haven't talked to anybody yet in the Isle of Skye. And I ordered two pints and the bartender goes, you're David McQueen of Big D and the Kids Table, aren't you? And you have to understand, like, that's where my, like, ancestors are from, the Isle of Skye. And so when I told my uncle and I told my dad, you know, I'm going, going there, it was, it, was, it was a big, you know, like, big deal in the family. And so the fact that someone said my name there was, it's because of the band, you know, um, was, was just exciting. And it was, it, was, it was like a nice family bookends if, or, or something to that effect, you know. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, oh, and then one other thing. One other thing is when when people get tattoos, you know, when people get like lyric tattoos, that is just like a ridiculous honor. You know, I mean, that is that's like that that's like one of the highest honors. <laughs> yeah, it is. You know, they're giving space. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's oh, like, mom, cool. what does that mean? <laughs> you know? uh, that's too funny. Um, and what, what about your um, best tour that you can recall that you've done? There's, there's been a couple. Like, at the early stages, um, we went on tour with the Suicide Machines, and there were, you know, huge heroes. And we were the first band out of four. And usually they don't have four bands on tour. You have two or three, and then you have a local opener. But for this tour, it was four bands. And we found out later that, like, the book, like, people in charge i'm kind of feeling like didn't necessarily want four bands and there wasn't money for it but jay made sure that we went and they were secretly paying us money out of their merch you know our guarantee out of their merch i mean that's ridiculous so that was kind of like the greatest tour because not only is your hero band taking you 
on tour, but they're trying to make sure you go on tour like against the, the industry, if you will. And they're paying you out of their merch money. I've never, I've, I experienced that, but I've never heard of anything like it other than that. You know, it just doesn't happen. Um, so, so that was, that was great. And then I would have to say um, the warp tour in general, just being, you know, they always say it's like a family and it's like its own world it really is true. And that, that world, that dimension, that side culture was just so good. Just, it just functioned so well, just everyone involved from production to Kevin Lyman. It was just a very wonderful traveling circus. And um, I, I can't believe I was allowed to just live in that bubble. So that was, that was quite nuts. And then playing Reading and Leeds in England was crazy because all, you know, all the super awesomest bands play Reading and Leeds. And and the best thing about playing Reading and Leeds was Reading in particular is everyone was we were like you know a teeny weeny little band, but everyone was so polite. Like who works there? And I, I said to our tour manager um, from Hardskin, Johnny Takeaway, Ben Corrigan, I was like, why are people taking pic- our pictures? backstage like while we're just kind of talking they have this like communal area and he's like well they have this mentality that like you know even though you're small now like you might be somebody later and they just want to make sure they get photos of you like you know like an early photo of an artist and they respect you already they like just the whole whole idea you know um was awesome so i think those are kind of my favorites amazing that's amazing (laughs) what what is um the process behind the songwriting? Well, fundamentally, you know, um, some people can stop playing music. You know, some people can go like, oh, you know, all right, you know, I can turn it off. I'll just kind of noodle. But then some people are, are like really, truly addicted to it. Like I've kind of figured out within the last kind of five years, no matter what I say, even if I'm like, I, I can't stop. Like it's, <laughs> it's, it's like a problem. So you know, everybody in Big D like loves music and wants to write music. And if and I think one of the s- secrets is we always encourage each other to write music. Um, so there's not like one songwriter, even though like some of us write a huge amount. Um, we, it's not one of those bands that's like, I write the songs, you know. We're, we'll be like, you can do it, you can do it. Like we try to nurture each other's ideas. So I think it's just a safe place where you know, you can experiment and challenge each other and try to impress each other, you know, in a, in a impress use, being used in a, in a good way. You know, we don't really write, like I was saying earlier, we don't like write for f- fame and glory. Um, we write to kind of just make each other go like, yeah, you know. So, um, so yeah, it's, it, I, it's, I try to keep it the way, you know, some of the best times in music is when you're like, 17 years old or 16 years old before you can even like drive around in the states and you're just kind of like with your buddies maybe it's like some sort of sleepover or something and you just talk about music and you play records and i always just try to keep it like that we, we always try to keep it more like we're fans of music writing music rather than we're in a band you know what i mean yeah yeah for sure he doesn't ever really big d has a we don't realize we're in a band really <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Um, what's the best advice you've ever received? Ooh, that's fun. That's great. Um, there's a couple. 
I'll do I'll do the music ones because uh, you know just thinking about them. Joe Biddleman from the Boston's once said, um, "Your your listeners will gladly wait for the right record than to get the wrong record sooner." Nice. Like, don't rush your, don't rush yourself, you know. Yeah. And then, oddly enough, uh, Nate Albert, uh, former guitar player who still plays with them every once in a while, of the Boston's once said something like. If you want somebody to write about your band, you have to give them something to write about. You know yeah, what I mean? like, yeah. Like, you can't just be like, I got a new record. It's like, cool, bro. We all got new records. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? yeah. You have yeah. to give them, help them out. You know what I mean? Um, but those are like music questions. Um, I mean, music advice. Uh, I, would, I can't really pinpoint any certain quote, 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 but referring to Johnny Takeaway, Ben Corrigan of the UK, uh, band Hardskin, his just demeanor is, is just something that I always kind of observe and try to be like. Just his his way of just living. And one of our other tour managers, Austin, uh, two different tour managers, um, or Van, you know Van Drive, you know like you know how, how they do it. Um, just just. You know, when you get older, you don't really like look up to many people as much than when you're younger. But I, I or, or or try to model yourself a little bit if you can uh, after them. Uh, and those two people, I I, I think are uh, great, great uh, have great character and are good to look up to. Oh. He like drove like Green Day and Fugazi, but he but then he goes he does other things like just a name drop. Um, you know, he's like the guy. You know, he'll he'll say something and you'll you'll write it down. <laughs> wow, wow, yeah. pretty cool. What are your passions and hobbies outside of music? Uh, well, my life is kind of constructed in a way where some of my hobbies always have to do with survival, um, just surviving. Um, so I like to, you know, f fix the house that I live in. You know, it sounds boring, but like, you know, I like carpentry, like. If I could do a matrix download of skill, if I couldn't be a musician, I'd, I'd want to be like an outstanding carpenter. Um, so it's always just kind of like making something better, making something nice. I like to create things. So, um, you know, I'm building like out of some spare wood. I recently got, you know, a clubhouse for my daughter and I'm fixing like some rotten wood boards around and it makes me feel healthy. And at the same time, I like this the skills, the idea of the skill set. And it, and I have to do it because I can't afford to hire people to do it. So it's still part of surviving. Um, so most of my hobbies are about survival in the, in the world. I don't really, you know, I guess I could lighten up and think of something else. Um, oh, I like to write books, but that's, I write books, but that's still kind of art. You know, even though it's not music, it's it's still part of art. So if we wanted to hold, lead, so I you know I like music, I like writing, and I like you know, uh, you know some of these things. I like folding merch. <laughs> a little stupid, but like you know, like when the merch comes, like I try to make sure I'm the guy who gets to fold it. I like doing the mail orders. Do you know what I mean? I like things that do something. You know, like I put the package together, I give it to you. You're happy about the package. That's awesome. I, you know, I rip the, the rotten board off the house. I put a good board on and I paint it and it looks good. You know, I like things that, you know, um, do something that you know, meaning like 
I'm, I'm not the best with sports because, you know, I, nothing happens after there's nothing exists after other than maybe pride of winning, you know, um, but that probably goes away. So I don't know. I think, I think that's kind of all I do is, is do art and survive. Yeah, that's wonderful. That is wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> what, um, if you're 18 again and you could change anything and go back in time, what would you change? Oof, you got to be kidding me. If I could go back in time and change, ooh, I can't. This is such like a, a, fairly, a fairly normal question that I don't think I've ever been asked. Um, and I'm not, okay, so I'm going to first, you know, not do one of those things that's like, you know, save humanity. I mean, I would, you know, I'd obviously go, murder hitler you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. and i do it with great great pomp and circumstance but um so if we're saying we that's not the point of the conversation uh well okay and then one more i'd love to see what dinosaurs are doing so obviously that's not what you mean either so i'd love to go see what dinosaurs are doing <laughs> um like what are you guys doing did, did anybody sleep where my house is um uh so to keep it more realistic um um, I, I don't know. Sometimes I put my foot in my mouth. Like, like, I don't really care about famous people. Like, you know, the way culture is right now, like Kardashian stuff. I don't really care about that stuff. But at the same time, I do get really nervous around like, you know, famous, some famous people, you know what I mean? Um, I'm not one of those awesome people that are like, yeah, dude, it doesn't matter. I know it doesn't matter, but still I'm like, ooh. So I think like with Tim Armstrong, you know, like, um i've had a couple like fun hangouts with him maybe i would have taken my foot out of my mouth a couple times when I <laughs> talk to him. you know when you walk away from talking to one of your heroes like Lynn from operation ivy and you're like she's such an idiot <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so maybe something like that um but i want to answer one more because it's so fun uh, uh uh no that's probably that's probably it dinosaurs hitler and not making a fool yourself in front of him <laughs> oh that's great thank you for sharing those insights that's amazing and your answer i love the third one too that's great yeah um yeah david thanks for coming on the podcast um i do appreciate it um you know the music you've done and you know over the years it's been amazing and the journey and um, yeah looking forward to listening to the new music and where you're going in the future Oh, well, thank you so much. And, and can I say some clumsy Australian things? Go for it. I love pie face. You know that that chain pie, of... pie slops, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's such. I love those kinds of pies, small pies. You know, like, and I don't. We don't get them. We don't have that store here. So I love that. And my whole time, the two times I've been in Australia, just so fun. I mean. It's, it's so frustrating how far away it is. <laughs> right? yeah, no, it is. Um, but I just love it. I love it there. Um, it's just been so great. And um, we have some really, 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 really kind friends. You know, obviously, other than the res resonators, but um, really, really nice friends there that I hope to get back and see. Yeah, you have to come down. We're waiting for you. So We'll have to hang. 100%. We will definitely do that. <laughs> Right on. Uh, see you, mate.